to another edition of Upright Citizens featuring Mr. Bob DeBoo. Hey, Ruben, how you doing? <laughs> Good to see you. I'm doing all right, man. Who else are we featuring today, Bob? Who else oh. are we featuring? We're here to talk about the great Steve Swallow, master, yes. maestro bass player, just a complete artist. So we've got so much to talk about. But the main focus that we're going to talk about is, you know, highlighting, of course, his artistry, his body of work as best we can. And, uh, of course, talk about his incredible musicality on the electric bass. Yes, and yes. so we, I'm just really excited for today, and I love that opening track that we played. That's one of my yep. favorite, favorite tracks of his, especially that opening intro. Oh mm -hmm. man, I just love hearing Isn't that. It, it brings back so many memories too. Doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? Doesn't it? I mean, what what kind of I mean? What what album was that? Tell me what what was it? Yeah, we should talk about the album. <laughs> hey, let's talk about what we just heard. So that was uh, the great Steve Swallow from his one of his own solo albums, and okay. of course mm -hmm. with. Tom Harrell, the great Joe Lovano, Mogru Miller, Jack DeJanet. I mean, just talk about a lineup. That is star-studded. And that Incredible, was the tune right? called Let's Incredible. Eat, which is a contrafact uh, of Softly as uh, in a Morning Sunrise. And, uh, you know, I remember hearing this album and just being, like, drawn in by, of course, the playing, but the compositions. You know, like yeah. his his writing is just something else. Always, you know, it's always really struck me. And uh, of course, like getting the CD back in whatever, 1995, 96, something like that. Yeah. And you could open it up and see the tunes in there. He provided the yeah. lead sheets for all these tunes in there. And of well, course- I know that was a long time ago if that, if it was like that. <laughs> right? But it's, well, it's really uh, funny too, because it's kind of, you know, I'll just briefly talk about this. It's tongue in cheek. I mean, he's got an album called The Real Book. And mm. if anybody knows the story of Steve Swallow and, you know, the origins of the original illegal real book, it's pretty mm. funny that he put it on, put out an album called The Real right. Book. So we won't get too deep into that. But uh, yeah, y'all go ahead and, uh, you know, you nerd use out the interwebs to, to, <laughs> to, to know that story. <laughs> yeah. But I want to read a, um, a review, at least a short statement from um, Rick Anderson from All Music mm. uh, about this album. He's, he he. He said, uh, this program finds him showing off his conservative writing chops with the help of an all-star group. This is Steve Swallow, of course. His focus on the upper registers and the polyester tone of his five-string bass guitar will continue to annoy those <laughs> who prefer to hear the bass played dark, low, and woody. But there's no denying the consistent inventiveness of his playing or the charm of these compositions. <laughs> So <laughs> that's a lot in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot in there. And, and you know, he, I'm he personally, what I'm, you said about, I'll just say I'm personally offended about the part where he's like saying to continue to annoy those who prefer to hear the bass play dark, low and woody. That's so funny. Because so I want to say go. when I first heard the album, I wouldn't say it annoyed me at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember, I mean, having young ears, a young mind. Sure. And uh, maybe not seasoned. I should say my errors weren't seasoned enough, and I was in a certain kind of lane. Mm. Uh, I I wasn't drawn to his sound at first, you know. Fair. But I did appreciate his compositional uh, prowess and his, his his melodic his you know ideas his yeah. his groove. And I want to say, not until many years later did I start to really appreciate his innovative sound his yeah. innovative 
you know, of, of, of playing the bass with a pig, all of this. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but uh, that was a, that's a, that's a, a wonderful album. If you, if everyone can just go ahead and go reach back and, and, and check out the real book album uh, by Steve Swallows. It came out in, you know, mid nineties or so. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, just wonderful playing on there, you know, such a, a, a uh, a, a lineup that's that's second to none. For oh, sure, absolutely! So. And we'll mm-hmm. have a we'll have a, a Spotify playlist along to accompany this uh, this uh, podcast, so you can check out a, more Steve Swallow too that that we've uh, included ourselves that we mm-hmm. enjoy that we're talking about. So, yeah, let's let's talk about where Steve's coming from because he didn't always play electric bass. Oh, right. No. He started on the upright bass. He was very mm-hmm. well known as an upright bass player. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, had many credits to his name on the dog house before he made the switch and so it's a really interesting story we had to do a little bit of digging here but um, mm-hmm. apparently when he was 30 years old okay so dude was 30 years old he already had yeah. a career happening you know he'd been on the yeah. scene working 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 and um, so in 1970 he was 30 years old that's when he switched from acoustic to electric bass mm-hmm. and uh, apparently it was um, he was playing a trade show with Gary Burton and he was playing upright and Gary was doing like a vibes booth or something like that. And Steve was like, oh, man, peace. I got to take a minute, <laughs> you know, and went over to the Gibson booth and found an electric, a red Gibson electric bass and was like, like lightning hit him. Do you know what I mean? So it was really, really yeah. interesting. Um, the fact that he found an electric bass like at a trade show of all places, but they they let him borrow the instrument, take it back to his hotel room. And he claims to have played it all night and just yeah. like his mind was open, you know, and he was like, this mm. is the way forward. So from 1970 on, I think that's completely he switched over. I didn't read anything wow. about what happened to his upright or anything right. else afterwards, but right. it sounds like that's where it was. So pretty interesting to me. Wow. How courageous, right? That's that's being fearless right there. Man. That's being fearless. Yes. Right? And call, a calling, obviously. A calling. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, no. He, I mean, to, to hear him talk about it, it's like a spiritual situation. 100%. Yeah. Like an awakening. Wow. wow. So very, very yeah. cool to hear. Yeah. So we've got... Um, We've got a lot to talk about with Steve, of course, and it's just too much to fit into everything. But um, right. we want to talk about this next track coming up just a little bit. We're going to play uh, a Denzel Best composition called We from John Schofield's On Route. On Route? Yeah. In Route. Yeah. In Route. Uh, there, In thank, Route. Thank you. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still learning to adult. Uh, so <laughs> it's an album from like 2003. I think it was released in 2004, but it's a live album with John Schofield. Steve Swallow and Bill Stewart. We're going to check a little bit of that out just to highlight how low and woody and deep the man can actually get. <laughs> so let's hear it. Let's hear a taste of we with them getting into it. All right. Here it comes. Get it. Thank you. 
Yeah, what a beat, mm-hmm. man. Incredible to hear him and uh, Bill Stewart together. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. obviously with Schofield as well, but the beat is right. just humongous. Yeah, and, uh, bounce you know, that has that bounce to it, you know, and, yeah. you know, you always allude to uh, his organ-like notes, right? I like do that. tend to bring that up. I, I, you don't seem, I don't know, are you on, are you on board with I, me on that? Yeah, I am on board oh, okay, with cool, it. Cool. I am on board with it. I mean, and what and and also I'm noticing like also the like the even though the notes are very, very legato like yeah. each note like you can hear that mm, mm, like you can hear the, the space point. in between the notes ah. like an organ also, right? Because mm, yeah. the organs they they tend to be a little more um, can't be as connected I guess because of the pedal, especially if they're doing pedals or I guess the left hand too. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, I really like the way it feels. Definitely. And especially with Bill Stewart, obviously this trio has been playing together or had been playing up to then and still to this day sure. playing countless gigs together. It sounds effortless. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's get into just, just how he's playing the instrument. I mean, he's uh, picking, yeah. first of all. He's mm-hmm. not playing with his fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he... I guess he did start out playing, uh, as I, as you pointed out in, in our notes, that he started out playing. I, I didn't realize that he started out playing with, with with his fingers and and you know gravitated to a pick. Yeah, it very would be fast, really. I guess it would be really interesting. I didn't hear anything specific or read anything specifically about why he chose the pick. But yes, he right. indeed chose a pick as his you know method of uh, attacking the note or getting uh, his pizzicato situation happening. But mm-hmm. I do know that. He chose to play in an upstroke, you right. know, which is a little bit more like he's come into the electric bass from the upright aesthetic. He is not trying right. to discount anything that, you know, he was an upright player deeply and then uses this instrument as his artistic choice. So he's playing upstrokes because, because it's a lot most, more like how we pluck the strings. Right. We pluck towards most, ourselves. Most guitar players. Yeah. Uh-huh do down strokes i mean that's their main stroke they do up strokes too right. i guess but their main stroke is down yeah but i had to think about that too i'm like are, are we i guess when we when we're it's a upstroke not away we, from because us because this yeah towards while we going we we're plucking a string and it comes towards our body so that's an up stroke right exactly yes I yeah think so. i had to think about that <laughs> you know i pulled out i pulled out my my uh my pick the other day that i never use and i was like Oh man, how in the world is he doing this? You know, <laughs> yeah, and talk yeah. about nuance. And there's like, uh, art, uh, you know, the articulation that he gets out. Even just the track that we just heard there, where certain notes are, uh, you know, like he's he's dancing inside of it. It's not all just super same dynamic range. No. You know, he's yeah. playing. He's got a lot of rhythm even inside of, you know, primarily the quarter notes. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh, you know, and it is meant to, um, to uh, emulate the you know, at least how he's used to playing the acoustic bass. So and, I think it's really interesting for sure. And one of, you know, also, you know, from, you know, from some research, we, we he also wanted to have, you know, the the luxury of having more dynamic range yeah. with the instrument, right? Yeah, definitely. And you can hear that in that track also, that he can get softer, he get a little longer, l- louder. You know, his notes can be, you know, has ebbs and flows to it. Yeah. You know? uh, at, not to say you can't do that at an upright bass, but it's not as prominent. You can't you can't notice it 
as much. Yeah, he, he says that it's considerably broader than the acoustic instrument. Yeah, the extreme soft yeah. is much softer and the extreme loud is much louder. And so why not exploit right. that for musical, yeah. for music's sake? So lovely, so you know, lovely. Something we didn't um, talk about yet is he's playing a five-string bass. But hello. But not with the low B. He's playing a high nope. C instead. And high again, talk about C. fearless. Who, you know, who gravitates that, that way, is. but not in order to just rip all the time. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I could see a bass right. player doing that to be like, ah, I'm going to play all this business up here all the time, you know, but he's still like that. through and through a bass player. So right. it's right. really, well, really. Well, let's go ahead and, and uh, go ahead and uh, feature that high C. Yeah. <laughs> on you this got, next track. You got a track ready. <laughs> on this next track where we can hear, hear Steve stretch a little bit, a little, you know, a little bit more melodies, a little bit more soling right now. And, um, it's 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 also a different tone than we've heard so far hmm. on this track. Uh, this is uh, from a Kenny Wheeler album called uh, "One of Many," hmm. uh, featuring John Taylor on piano, Kenny Wheeler being a trumpeter. Hmm. Uh, uh, and you can get bass out front in this situation uh, can't hide, and you can hear his 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 melodic prowess, his tone, everything. And on this, as I was alluding to it, on, on this, you, it sounds more of like an acoustic bass, more mm. like, like somehow they, they recorded a little different. Maybe a, a mic was around and, and maybe some direct, but let's, let's hear it and we'll, we'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. This is Ever After on the Kenny Wheeler's One of Many. So melodic, right? Yeah, he's. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I think you use the term melodic prowess, and mm-hmm. I like that because mm-hmm. he's got that in spades, man. And you know what's yeah. interesting? I just thought of too. Um, before we talk further about that, is that I remember reading in an interview too, and somebody asked him what he practices, if he practices, and he says the first thing he goes to is the Bach cello suites. 
Ah. He knows the botulism is like the back of his hand, you know, and right. uh, and so that makes a lot of sense to me as well. But you could hear so much expression. I'm really yes. it, on a musical level, on an artistic level, it's just a, so beautiful. But my intellect, my bass player mind, <laughs> goes immediately to how in the world is he saying that much on the electric bass with a pick? I, it's just, it's still baffling <laughs> me how he does that. You still can't get away from that, right? I, no, I can't. I'm just, I mean, it's, I imagine it's like electric bass players looking at upright bass players being like, how do they know where the notes are? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but it's still just, you know, it's, it's nothing well, new. I mean, I'm just sharing it. It. <laughs> it would seem to me that, you know, I mean, in the in interviews I've seen, you know, whether on YouTube or in, in print, in print yeah right like anyway you know what i mean on on the interwebs um that he's still hungry he's still searching for sure. his sound or or trying to add to what he did before you know what i mean yeah. that's so um I, I don't know as i said at 82 years old he still has that fire True you know artist. what i mean you can hear it yeah. you can hear it now you can hear it then all the above and yeah. uh kudos thanks steve for 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 all the history that you've been able to to give to us and i mean Incredible. as i said it was courageous that he he made such a switch when he already had like a, a budding career he established Absolutely. career and and he also says I, I read you know that you know basically you know some some friends some of his his compadres came along with it and was like yeah and some were like yeah oh no steve ah. you know <laughs> but here he is but he said his ebbs and flows even to this day you Absolutely. know what I mean? to try and figure that out but he stayed true and stayed in course and that's that should be encouraging for all of us that you know whatever path we take just have courage to to kind of like move forward and 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 trust in your you know 50 years you know, 50 years later or whatever yeah. that is yeah he stuck to his guns mm -hmm. 50 years later here i mean it's just you know Incredible, incredible. Yeah. There's one quote I wanted to get mm -hmm. in here. I had to get in here because I just like it so much. Uh, this is directly from, from Mr. Swallow. And he says, I love the legato possibilities of the electric bass. And to mm -hmm. be able to sustain a note in a high register so easily was a gift from heaven. Ooh. That's his words. <laughs> gift from heaven. And it's talking about, you know, him being able to play on high C, but have that sustain of the electric bass. You know, that you can't really do that on the electric with maybe without a bow or something like that. But, uh, right. you know, just incredible. And we wanted to conclude that uh, today's episode with, yes, indeed, a lot of love. Steve Swallow. Go listen to as much Steve Swallow as you can and check out our playlist because there's some mm -hmm. especially fine uh, choice cuts in there, I think. But we're going to end where he began with the electric bass. This is. As far as I can tell, the very first electric bass recording that's commercially available. And um, it's from an, a duo album with Gary Burton, who he was with when he discovered uh, mm. discovered that electric bass. And it's called Hotel Hello. And the track itself is called Hotel Hello. And mm. it's, uh, it's just really interesting to hear he has this artistic vision already. You know, it's not yeah. the same sound. It's not, right. you know, he's obviously develops in a different way. He's an artist that always changes, but you can mm -hmm. hear this is Mr. Steve Swallow. So we're going to go right. out on Hotel Hello. Again, thank you, Ruben. Thanks all of our listeners thank for, you, Bob. for hanging thank with you. us. And we'll see you mm -hmm. all real soon. We're going to go out with the great Steve Swallow with Gary Burton. Here's Hotel Hello. Peace. Peace.